What's going on, y'all? It's your boy Kev coming to you loud, live, and in color with another episode, season three, episode three of the Wednesday Experience Podcast. The Wednesday Experience Podcast was designed with a listener in mind, right? That something is said or done to not only help your day, but to carry you for the rest of your life. Three things that the podcast believes in. The journey of life, laughter, and wisdom. And that's just what my guests have come to do. Season three, or season two, excuse me, I get it, I, get it. I was so excited. Season <laughs> two is, a spe- is special to me because I get a chance to interview my colleagues who work in higher education. These are the innovators, the change agents. These are folks that are molding the next generation of student leaders. And so I get a chance to talk to them about their experiences in higher education and how uh, higher education is changing, you know, because of COVID and, you know, funding issues, how, how we're moving forward with higher education. So tonight I have the distinct pleasure of introducing to some and presenting to others the Tiffany Tuma all the way from North Carolina. Hey, Tiffany, what's going on? Hey, hey. I am so glad to have you on the podcast, my friend. I am so glad to be here. I am so grateful that you thought of little old me to be <laughs> on your podcast. Absolutely. So we're, we're going to start like this. So I, I, I called your name out, right? But introduce yourself, uh, any businesses or creations, and then any Greek or service orgs. Yes. So again, my name is Tiffany Tuma, soon to be Dr. Tiffany Tuma. Come on. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Lord, let me get through these edits and get me a date in the next few weeks. So all <laughs> prayers and good thoughts are appreciated. Um, I am a member of the Order of the Eastern Stars, and I'm also a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> so shout out to all the pretty girls with Twitting Pearls. Okay. I did not know you were a star. I'm amazing. So look at that. Look how we just connected. Yes. Okay. Um, so I, I, I had the unique privilege of being raised during the pandemic, right? So congratulations. Um, it, it has been you know very interesting. Uh we'll talk about that offline though. So okay, so you you know, Alpha Kappa Alpha, um, you know, the oldest black Greek organization for women. Yes, yes, and yes. by far, probably one of the largest, you know, between you and Delta, between y'all and Delta, y'all are neck and neck. But Most I, definitely. I love some of my some of my really good friends are AKAs, and I love the positive social impact that you all have, especially. Uh, so I got to meet President Glover uh, about two years ago. I was, um, they had this, I think it's their Southwestern Region Conference in Omaha, Nebraska, when I lived there. And I got a chance to bring greeting on behalf of Sigma for the state of Nebraska. And I got a chance to meet her. And it was so crazy because you you just never know who knows you, right? And she was like, you look really familiar. And I said, oh, okay. And she's like, your show is Center Saints and Aints, right? And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) You watch my show on Facebook? Like, that's crazy. That's awesome. Um, but I, I was so excited because, you know, they the, the women of Alpha Kappa Alpha, Alpha have this commitment to HBCUs. And I, I love that, right? You know, we, we, we talk a big game, but AKA has stepped up to the plate and made sure that these schools are supported. Uh, these beacons of light, these institutions. Um, people never, if, if you didn't go to an HBCU, you, you probably won't understand. Most but definitely. these places, these places are, um, I, I saw a post on Instagram talking about why we take our homecoming so seriously. And for many of us, this is where our life began. We were molded, we were, we were shaped um, and lost into our careers, right? 
I know that was a lot of long stuff, but I'm so excited to have you. So I want to ask, how did you get to higher education, Tiffany? And was it your original career path? Whew. So, <laughs> look, well, before, if I may, so I just want to say, Absolutely. so I am currently at Jackson State University. So I am, this is my last degree. And I've told people I've saved the best for last. For Absolutely. my undergraduate and master's, I went to two PWIs and they did um, shape me to a certain extent. But this program has made me into someone um, someone greater. Um, I've had all of my identities tested in this doctoral program. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, employee, student. It's just a lot going on. And I'm like, it's just been God and my faith has got me through this program. But I am so excited to be a part of the HBCU family. And Absolutely. yes, um, AKA, we don't play about our HBCUs. And we had to, um, make sure that President Glover shined this last term. So our commitment for the past four years has been a million dollars in 24 hours. And this year we doubled and then some. So I'm proud to say that I gave my money on behalf of the HBCU that made me Jackson State and the HBCU that paid me. So I gave to St. I made sure that I sent some funds to St. Aug as well. So I just had to, uh, put those 08 cents in about um, HBCUs because we don't, you know, play about our HBCUs. But higher ed, no, to make a long story short, <laughs> it was not my original career. Um, I okay. actually wanted to be a child psychologist when I was at Georgia State. Um, okay. I majored in psychology and then went to Auburn and majored in counseling. And my last semester at Auburn, my mentor he and I were just randomly chatting as we do. And he said, Heinz, which was my maiden name. Mm -hmm. um, I can see you in student affairs. And I was like, nah, not after all these loans and long internship hours. Like, nah, I'm going yeah. to get this PhD and I'm going to be a child psychologist. Um, he was like, yeah, you would make a great vice president of student affairs. And me not knowing any better, Kevin, I was like, well, I'll be the VP of student affairs if you're the president of student affairs. And I'm like, now looking back, like that's not even a real position. I didn't know anything about <laughs> student affairs, but I graduated from Auburn and my first job was in private practice doing in-home therapy and case management work. And for many reasons that didn't work out. So I actually applied for a financial aid position at my alma mater at Georgia state. And, um, and that's because when I was at Auburn, I was in a special position working in the financial aid department. To be honest, our financial aid department um, is actually run by federal work study students, but they are um, independent or graduate students. So it's a very cool program. But that's how my start um, to higher ed happened was by happenstance, you know, working at, um, going back to my alma mater, I'm like, okay, I need a job. I have financial aid experience. And then it just blossomed from there, you know, from financial aid, I found my way into conduct. Um, and from conduct, I actually found my way into the position I'm in now. Um, and I'm over advising first year experience and uh, accessibility services. So, um, and this is, this is my home. I feel like this is my passion and not just my passion, but my purpose. So still counseling, but just in a different way. 
Absolutely. I, I love to hear people talk about the passion. I, I'm, I've mentioned that on every episode I've mentioned passion. Um, we have so many of our colleagues, unfortunately, who are, uh, they're here for the paycheck, but there's no passion behind it. And the work that we do, I, so I, I don't call them jobs. I call them ministry assignments, right? Mm, mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. I, I, I am sent to people likewise, and they're sent to me, okay? And we're supposed to glean from each other. Wherever I'm at, when, whenever I start a job, whenever I begin to look or when I'm when I'm actually starting, I, I, I'm like, okay, now, Lord, now, what, I'm, what am I supposed to get from this, from, from this experience, okay? Right. Who mm-hmm. am I to pour into while I'm here? Uh, if so, direct me to them or vice versa. If I got to pour into me, you know, let, let us meet so we can go ahead and make this thing happen. You know, I lived out in Nebraska for a while, and that was quite the experience. Um, <laughs> but can I tell you how much of a blessing it was at the same time? Um, sometimes you have to be out in the middle of nowhere by yourself sometimes mm. to grow up. Um, I, I always liken that experience to Jonah in the belly of the whale, yes, right? Yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. you, you have nothing but time to think when you have to buy yourself like that. And so um, an absolute blessing. Okay, so you said um, child psychology, and then you said that, you know, it is counseling just in a different kind of form, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so you, th- you talk about accessibility. That's what you're doing now um, as a passion area. Where, where do you... When, 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 just so people know, how do you define accessibility? Yes. So um, the department that I'm over, um, when I started, it was disability services. And I, you know, looking at best practices and just thinking about the students that we serve um, and then also staff members, no one wants their Um, disability or challenge to be highlighted. So we looked at accessibility and we just wanted to, we just wanted our students and the staff members on campus who have visible and invisible challenges to know that they have um, the rights and privileges to all the other services that we offer on campus. Um, This isn't necessary necessarily, excuse me, um, for the students to get a leg up, because I've heard that actually in one of my classes, Mm -hmm. um, that students who have accommodations um, get a leg up, and that's not necessarily the case. It is so that they have um, access to the same resources that everyone else has. So accessibility to me is just, it's it's, it's what it says, just access to the same resources, the same services, um, so that they can be able to um, participate in um, educational endeavors as well as um, extracurricular activities. So I actually try to uh, weave in accessibility services even with student engagement because not everyone is a superstar athlete. Not everyone, um, it's not even a superstar athlete. Not everyone is able to physically participate in various activities. So we need to be mindful of different learning styles and different abilities. Okay. So in your role, uh, and you kind of alluded to this, but in your role, how important is communication and teamwork? So in my role, communication and teamwork are extremely important. Um, Like I said, I supervise several integral uh, departments on campus. And when um, hot off the press information comes down from the president, from the provost, from the vice president of student affairs, whomever it's coming down from, I need to make sure that I disseminate that information as fast as possible uh, to my team so that we can be the best that we can for our students. Um, And also with communication and teamwork, when I'm 
when I receive assignments from my supervisor, I mm-hmm. need to be an effective leader and bring it to my team as soon as possible to see if it can be delegated out, especially when I'm working on multiple projects. Um, and so, you know, this may sound cliche, but I wholeheartedly believe teamwork really makes the dream work. Like a good leader cannot lead and do everything themselves. So I have to rely on my team. And then with communication, um, that's not just uh, verbal communication, you know, giving out projects or orders, assignments, tasks, what have you. It's also in written form, um, Mm -hmm. you know, via email so that things aren't misconstrued, you know, Tone is everything. Um, you, hey, you capitalize this. You put this in bold. You underline this. Use the exclamation point. I try to be mindful of those things to ensure, like, this means important, not necessarily meaning that I'm yelling or upset. So I think teamwork um, and communication are very important in my role and just important in general, especially um, in higher ed. Okay. So you, you talked about, you know, I, I love HBCUs and their, you know, their taglines or their monikers. And one that I really love outside of my own at Kentucky State University, I love Jackson State. The I love. Yes, yes, Brian. yes. The I love. And they have, I mean, I, I was talking to one of my colleagues this weekend. We were, we were getting ready for our elections for our alumni association. And I said, Jackson State probably has the best alumni association for an HBCU. Like they are on point. Um, I've been to a few of their events and I, I, I want, I hope that, let me back up. So why did you choose Jackson State? You know, I know there are a, gone, but what, what made Jackson State special? Yes. Um, and I would have to say what made Jackson State special was the alums or the alumni that I interacted with. So I'm a part of an organization called Health Higher Education Ooh. Leadership Foundation. And just great people all around, um, you know, mid-level, senior level, um, executive administrators, just everybody from all walks of life, all functional areas. And there are several people um, that are part of health that are graduates of the EPHD program at Jackson State, which is the program that I'm a part of. And they just spoke so highly of the program. It was rigorous. Um, you know, but it was well worth it. This is a accelerated two-year program. Um, you know, there are other HBCUs that have modeled their programs after Jackson State, but I believe Jackson State is the premier um, HBCU that has an executive PhD program. So just the way that alumni spoke about the program um, and just the just the return on the investment. It's it's a lot of money. It's time away from your family, but it's money well spent. Like I am learning so much about myself. I'm learning that I'm smarter than I think I am. I'm more diligent than I think I am. I'm more resilient than I think I am because of this program. And being in higher ed, I was able to uh, add to the breadth of various conversations um, that we had in class. And then what I learned in school, I was able to take that back to um, St. Aug. But again, to answer your question, just the alum that I met, they just spoke so highly about it. And then also, um, this is uh, not scholarly, but again, it's some, it's passionate. I wanted to save the best for last. When I was in high school, I was in the marching band. And um, I went to a predominantly black high school. We were a show style 
uh, marching band, and we played several songs um, that Jackson State made famous. Um, Get ready, and we played, you know, neck in the stands. And Come on, listen, it's all about neck, okay? <laughs> and so when it was when it was time, I was like, okay, yes, I'm doing this for scholarly reasons, but like this is like this is something that i'm passionate about like this is awesome i can say that i went to jackson state the i love home of the sonic boom of the south and now we have a uh, coach prime time that's just making it all the better so just many many reasons um for me choosing jackson state this executive phd program in urban higher education uh shout out to cohort sweet 16 um, which is the cohort that I'm a part of. So um, if anybody is looking for a PhD program and they can they can handle the accelerated uh, part of it and balance, you know, life and work and school and what have you, I would say this is, a, this is a, no questions asked, hands down the best program around. Okay. So, you know, I, um, I, I started my, my degree, my doctorate in January. Okay. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something. This is not for the faint at heart. Okay. No, no it's not. <laughs> uh, I, I, I had an eight year gap. You know, I graduated in 2013 with my master's in higher ed. And I mean, I moved, my original thought was when I moved to Nebraska, you know, it's a, it's a D1 R1. I'll get my degree from there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the first year, okay, I missed the deadline. Okay, cool, Kevin, try again next year. The second year, I missed the GRE deadline, okay? And I'm like, no, Kevin, we got to get this together. So the third year, <laughs> I, just, I just lost all focus. Mm -hmm. And in the fourth year, I was like, mm, I, I'm a harsh night in it, right? And I ran across the program at the University of Southern Mississippi. And, you know, I, I just enjoyed the orientation. I enjoyed the people. It was, the, the alum were super great. And... I'm enjoying the program, but that acceleration is no joke. I'll tell you that. And one thing I think from the program, especially like my first six weeks, and Tiffany, I don't know if you struggle with this or know anybody who has, uh, but imposter syndrome is real. Okay. Most definitely. Um, I applied to the program. I got in. I was thinking like, you know, am I smart enough? Like my, my first class, I was like, oh, these folks are smart. And my mother was like, well, you're, so are you because you got into the program. I was like, well, mom, I know that. But these folks are like smart on another level. Like, am I ready to handle this? And what would you say to someone who is struggling uh, with imposter syndrome, whether it be in school or life or what would you say to that person? Um, I would say that you are not alone. Um, you're not the only one that's feeling this way. But a word of encouragement is that run your own race. This is your journey, whether it's on your job, whether it's in school, um, starting a business. This is your own experience. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Um, and definitely don't look behind you um, at the past. Don't, you know, block out the haters, the naysayers, just you were accepted you applied to the program. They accepted you for a reason. They saw that you were experienced, credential, that you could be an asset to their program. You applied for the job. You were hired. They saw that you could add to the organization. Um, if it's starting a business, the bank gave you that business loan because they knew that you could handle it. So just, just pray 
and, and keep it pushing. And again, block out all the naysayers where they come in the form of friends, family, colleagues, sorors, frat brothers, whomever, like block them out and tell them to get aboard um, this train. Um, <laughs> and, and, and let's, let's keep it, let's keep it pushing. Um, but imposter syndrome is very real. Um, I felt that way, to be honest, at the beginning of my program. I actually graduated from Auburn in 2011. Mm -hmm. um, so I had been out of school for a while. And this being an accelerated program, we took qualitative and quantitative stats our first semester. And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, math has never been my strong suit. But like, I need it. I need to do what I need to do so that I can, um, you know, pass, but also I, I need this information so I can learn, so I can progress in my program. But yeah, um, if for those who think that they are not good enough, um, you are good enough because you're here, you're in the program, you're on the job. So yeah, that's it. But it is, it is very real. It's very real. Okay. So now, now that was a little piece of wisdom, right? But I, I want to hear how you define wisdom. Yes. Okay. So wisdom to me is knowledge by experience. Um, I don't think wisdom necessarily comes with age, but by life's lessons as we age. Um, and I actually um, found this quote some time ago by Confucius. And it said that by three methods, we learn wisdom. Mm -hmm. First, by reflection, which is the noblest. Second is by imitation, which is the easiest. But the third one is by experience, which is the bitterest. And that really resonated with me because I do believe all those things to be true. Experience is going to humble you, but you're going to learn a lesson. And I feel that God is going to keep giving you that same lesson over and over until you learn what you're supposed to learn. So wisdom is by ex wisdom is knowledge by experience, but it doesn't necessarily come with age, but by life's lessons as we age. I need to, um, that sounded good as I was saying. I need to, like, <laughs> I need to write that down. Trademark. Wait a minute, okay. <laughs> so, okay. So you've been in the field for a little bit, right? So, what if you could go back, you know, I know you're only 21, right? But <laughs> if you could roll back, you know, to, to your 18, what, what would you say to 18 year old Tiffany? Who 18 year old Tiffany. So freshman at Georgia state, um, I would tell myself that college is not like high school. Um, mom and dad, it's not going to be there to wake you up for school, ask you about, you know, did you complete your homework? They're not going to remind you to clean up and, you know, do all those things that we as um, as children and as young adults, we sometimes take for granted. Um, 18, you know, I was uh, maturing into young um, a young adult and I was learning how to navigate life somewhat on my own because my parents were still there, but they were not physically there as I was, you know, living on campus or living in my apartment. So, um, Yes, don't take those things for granted. Um, also, don't let pride get in the way of you asking for help. And I had to learn that lesson a few times um, as a young adult. Um, there were people, especially my mentor, willing to help, but I wasn't necessarily there ready to accept the help. 
Mm-hmm. Um, also, on a just a more positive note, as a college freshman, um, get involved. Um, now being in student affairs and higher ed, like I would become an RA, you know, that free room and board. Um, what, that what you be, said, okay. You know, and I didn't, I didn't know about that. Um, and it's crazy because at Georgia State, I actually didn't live on campus till my junior year. I lived off campus because the the housing waiting list was just out of this world. Um, but yes, I would become an RA, um, take advantage of that free room and board. I would study abroad. I didn't know about study abroad till actually I got to graduate school. Auburn had a program. I was like, I can't study abroad now. Like, you know, I have a whole internship. But also, I needed to remember that the student comes first in student athlete and student leader. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do not even some. I was trying to do all the things that I did in high school, in college. I was, you know, trying to play a sport. I was trying to hang out. I was trying to work. I was trying to balance um, school, but I didn't have mom and dad there to say, hey, some things you, you need to cut out, some things you need to prioritize. So, Yeah. Um, that's what I would tell my, my 18 year old self. You know, I think I definitely, you know, I, I definitely would have studied abroad, you know? Um, I, so I, I knew kind of about student affairs and higher ed. Um, I, I was like, you know, what kind of career I had to ask one, one of my mentors, I said, what kind of career is this that you do when you get to work at college? So I, I could do this all day long. Right. That's how I got in. But I, I wish I would have, you know, study, study that, that'd been such a rich experience to have. And many HBCU students don't get that experience. Most definitely. I'm told. And it's, it's, it's sad, but, um, okay. So you said study abroad being an RA. So as we begin, well, <laughs> when I thought about these questions, I thought we were coming out of COVID, right? But I still, <laughs> we're still in this parallelogram, right? So, um, now that we're still in this, okay, it's been 19 months. What have been some lessons, Tiffany, that you've learned about yourself? Whew. Um, some lessons, um, as a higher ed administrator, a wife, mother, full-time employee, and a student in the midst of this panorama, I realized that I need to give myself the same grace that I extend to others. Come on. Um, you know, working on a college campus, um, working now in student success and student affairs, Um, When I first started my departments, we were under academic affairs. So I was interfacing with a lot of faculty members and we would um, talk about, you know, um, giving grace to our students. They're dealing with a lot, um, the pandemic and different issues um, globally and locally, especially, you know, concerning race. Um, some of our students were having financial issues and, and technology uh, accessibility issues because um, we do have um, some first-generation college students. Um, a lot of our students are first-gen college students. A lot of them rely on financial aid, so just different issues. But we extend grace to them. You know, we're, we're flexible, we're lenient with turning in assignments and, and exams and things like that. But what about the people on the other side? What about the the staff member? Me, we don't um, we don't get those reading days, or we don't get those um, 
mental health days um, that the faculty do. So I need to extend grace to myself, especially since I have a little one who's in public school and I'm trying to balance her teacher work days and virtual learning and early release and all of that. So just, just grace, like we need to just extend grace to ourselves because we extend it to everyone else around us. You know, I, I, that, that's, that was a tough thing for me, Like I am, I, and I, admittedly, I am very hard on myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I don't want to fail and I know failure is a part of life. Right. But I, I just don't, I, I don't like to make mistakes, you know, right. Uh, one of my old bosses would always tell us, you know, make sure everything is presentation ready. Mm-hmm. And I strive for that. And I, you know, last year was, you know, I started a new job right in the middle of this, of, of this, uh, uh, of program. And it was <laughs> hard, you know, I work in housing. And so you can only imagine, you know, trying to get these room changes and accommodating ESAs, support mm-hmm. uh, animals and just people's, you know, single it was just a lot and i had a brand new team of people that i did not hire okay so you know how that is when you have Mm -hmm. you didn't hire but you still got to work with them even though they're not you know the most uh committed to the vision Mm -hmm. i just put it like that but um i i I said kevin listen you can only do so much right you are doing the best you can and i had to remind myself that every morning right i kept saying well i'll just work a little bit longer today i'll just you know i work i work a little bit harder project and I said, Kevin, bro, show yourself some grace. You are yes. working as best you can with what you have, right? And so I appreciate you saying the same thing. Like it's just, it's just confirmation over and over again. I guess until I get it, uh, the the last person I had on the podcast said the same thing, and so about being confident, mm-hmm. same thing. And I said, well, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm just gonna step my toes back and listen <laughs> over and over again. So let me go ahead and get this. Yes. But, so what is one word, what's one word, Tiffany, that guides your life or your career? So I would say love. Okay. Um, Kevin, I love hard. Um, friends, family, students, classmates, colleagues, even strangers. Um, how I interact with people, I want them to see God in me, which is love. Like everything I do, I do it with passion um and with pride so i would have to say just i think one word that just that guides my life is just love like i i'm um pretty upbeat i'm always smiling happy and i know that that's for me but also that smile and that warmth and that love could be for a student who's having a bad day could be for a staff member who had an argument, you know, with someone before coming to work, whatever the situation may be, whatever, you know, hypothetical um, issue we can come up with, I would hope that when someone encounters me, that it just makes them feel better. It just makes them have a better day, just makes them feel loved and warm and welcome. So I'll have to say love. Okay. So, you know, we, we lead very demanding lives. You mentioned you're a wife, you're a mother, you're a full-time employee, you're a student. That's a lot of stuff to juggle and balance, right? So mm-hmm. what is your self-care routine if you have one? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a self-care routine. Every day for me is different. Okay. I would say I'm really trying to do better. This is strange because 
but I'm trying to do better about eating lunch and eating okay. lunch at a different at a at a decent time because I'm I'll look up it's four o'clock and I'm supposed to leave at five and I'm just eating lunch and it's dinner time oh. or you know um my supervisor implemented um, new work hours. So you can do eight to five or you can do 10 to seven. Um, because oh. of my home life, I'm trying to do eight to five, which means that I need to be leaving at five o'clock. Does that happen? No, but I'm doing better than I was doing previously. Cause I'll look up and it's six o'clock and I do have a very supportive husband at home, but I'm like, hey, if I'm supposed to leave at five, I need to leave at five. So I don't know if that's self-care, but I'm trying to do better in that area, eating lunch and eating lunch at a decent time and leaving when I'm supposed to. And I'm like, you know, Lord willing, you know, my job will be here tomorrow and I can finish those tasks. Let me just write them down and I can take care of that tomorrow. But once school is over in a couple of weeks, you know, I'll be done with this dissertation. Um, hopefully I will have a different answer. But right now I'm kind of just living, going with the flow and trying to make it look good. So, yes, I don't really have a self-care routine. That's what we do. We make it look good, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, so we, we talk about this all the time and we tell our students this quite often. But how important is authenticity in the work that you do? Or the life that you lead, you know, whether it's the organizations you're in, whether it's school, work, you know, personal life. How important is authenticity? So to me, I feel that authenticity is very important. Um, people, especially our students, can can pick up quickly when um, we're being fake or when that facade shows up. Um I tell people, be yourself no matter what. I feel like I'm a genuinely nice and caring person, so I don't need to brown nose or or stuck up to, you know, people on the job. I just think that that just comes um, like my uh, me being sincere. That's just something that comes off naturally. Um, so, I, yeah, authenticity is very important and it's going to show up differently for different people, whether you're conservative and you're suited and booted and you have your shirt and tie and suit and pumps or whatever. If, if that's how authenticity looks for you, then fine. Or if you are, um, you have sleeves and piercings and colored hair, whatever it looks like, be you. Because I'm I'm going to be the most non-judgmental person that you ever meet. As long as you are getting the job done, as long as you are continuing to show up for our students and be there for our students, then come as you are but i will tell people um i do code switch when necessary okay um because um, yes I, I do so again when it's time for the suit and the pearls and the pumps i'm gonna show up and when it's time to serve in jeans and jordans and t-shirts i'm gonna serve then you know as well and i have to let my students know like Hey, I'm, you know, Mrs. Tuma or Dean Tuma. You know, I have some students that try to call me by my last name. And I'm like, hey, we're cool, but we're not friends. Like, you know, let's be respectful <laughs> here, you know, because I, I don't want you to see tip. I don't want you to see the, you know, T.I. come out because I might forget where I'm at. I'm, you know, I'm trying to keep my job here. But like I said, you know, we're going to code switch when necessary, but authenticity is very important. Whatever makes you comfortable in your workplace, you know, um, at your school, then do it. Because um, again, 
our students are going to pick up when we're not genuine, when we're not sincere, when we're being fake. So it's very important to me. Okay. So I, you know, in in addition to leading this this crazy, stressful, and hectic life, um, what made you laugh this week? <laughs> so I'm a low key comedian. Um, <laughs> you know, after after I tell people after five and all day on the weekends, I'm a comedian. So. This was a, a, it made me laugh because it made my husband laugh. It was just a little chuckle. So my husband is a Morehouse man. He graduated from Morehouse and we were recently talking about bands. And I'm a student at Jackson State, home of the Sonic Boom of the South, one of the best bands in the land. And we were just going back and forth about whose band was better. And I was like, but y'all only have like no 20 people in the Right. Y'all only no have like 20 people in the band. He got upset. He said, I'm going to call some of my frat brothers. They were in the band um, and they called their band, I believe, House of Funk. He was like, back in the day, they were better. I was like, back in the day or present day, no comparison. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to call some of my frat brothers up. Do whatever you need to do. So when I talk junk, I make sure I have receipts. I have facts. I have proof. I have evidence because when I talk junk, it's not just me talking junk. So I informed him that the boom was better. I said, we performed for U.S. presidents, other dignitaries, uh, award show, and every major parade you can think of. So, and then after a few minutes of going back and forth, um, I say, do you know where Morehouse is going to be marching at next? And he says, where? And I say, the house. That's where they're going to be marching at is the house. <laughs> he laughs uncontrollably because the house is their school nickname. So it's just, you know, play on words. And when he just laughed, he was like, he was like, um, you never laugh at my jokes. And I was like, yes, I do. I said, I'm just more funnier than you are. So you're always, you know, laughing. So it was just a little chuckle, but you know, I'm always going to have something in my back pocket. So, you know, he, uh, he threw me an alley-oop when he said that. And I went on ahead and slam dunked it about his, you know, about his school. I, you know, I, I love Morehouse, but their band definitely does not compare to, uh, to Jackson State, Sonic Boom of the South. So Yes, that that made me laugh because my husband was just falling out laughing because, uh, you know, I just correlated the house and, you know, where the marching band. So, yes, yes. So if we were having a cookout, Tiffany, <laughs> what would you bring to express your personality and why? Oh, what, what, what am I going to bring? What am I going to bring? Um... Just one thing or can I bring multiple things? You can, you, okay, well, I'll give you two. You can bring two okay. things. Okay, so I'm going to bring some salmon okay. because, you know, at the cookouts, we have hot dogs, hamburgers. You know, we're going if we're feeling fancy, we're going to have some chicken. But, you know, I'm different. I'm a little on the bougie side. So I'm going to, you know, bring some salmon. I'm going to have, you know, one of the, the top shelves, the grill masters, you know, just throw it on there. So I got to have me, you know, a nice piece of salmon, you know, off to the side. I want to be healthy, but I want to be a part of the cookout. I want to be a part of the barbecue. Um, and also, um, I'm going to bring some mac and cheese because I'm I am baby. a Southern girl through and through, I tell people there is a big difference between country and Southern, and I am Southern, not country. I'm a sweet Southern <laughs> belle. 
um, ice, you know, not iced tea, sweet tea drinking, sweet Southern Belle. So I'm going to bring some mac and cheese, um, you know, because I, cause that's just the, that's just the, the Southern side in me, but then I'm, you know, going to bring me a nice, uh, piece of salmon, um, just because, you know, I'm, I'm different trying to be healthy, but trying to be a part of cookout, you know, a little bougie. So that's me. That's me. That's what I'm bringing. Well, listen, ain't nothing wrong being bougie, okay? Right. Uh, my, my frat brothers, you know, there was a post on Facebook a few weeks ago, and, like, all, at least 10 people tagged me. And they said, oh, this you all day. I, said, <laughs> I, I am not one of the people who will say, oh, it doesn't matter what, 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 what hotel we stay at. Oh, it absolutely matters, okay? I'm not laying my head at the Oop de Loop Inn, okay? Right. So, Days Inn, Best Western, La Quinta, I can't help you. I, I just stay home. <laughs> on cotton and, and oil paint and comforters. I no, I'm not gonna do that. Like if it's not the Hilton or the Marriott, I can't help you. Like I, I have a I have a standard and I'm not dipping below that, right? Right. I tell myself every day I am an international celebrity and I live as such, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not just gonna stay anywhere, right? So where where can people find you on social media if they want to interact with you after this? If they say, oh she, she is funny, she is knowledgeable, I want to follow her journey. Where can people find you on social media? Yes, yes, yes. So um, I'm on Instagram at the dopest dean underscore one nine oh eight. So T H E D O P E S T D E A N underscore one nine zero eight. Um, follow me, and I'll follow you back. And like my students say, I'm not a ghost follower. I'm always liking and commenting and hyping them up. You know, on under their pictures. So yes. Um, the dopest dean underscore one nine oh eight on Instagram, and my page is open. Um, I post about school, I post about work, and I also post a little bit about my home life. Um, and a lot of times you can catch my uh, cool Friday fits, as I like to call them, when I get to dress down and wear my jeans and J's. So you can see you can see all of me being authentic on my Instagram page. Okay, come on, cool, 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 cool fit Friday. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I want you, you know, we, we've had a great time tonight, right? Um, I want you to leave the listeners with a parting piece of encouragement or wisdom. So the podcast, you know, if we, if we take, as we take this journey called life, or uh, we take this journey called life, we do it with, you know, laughter and wisdom, right? And so if you would, leave us with a piece of encouragement or wisdom for the listeners. Yes, most definitely. So um, I love quotes. When I can't explain something or describe something, I always use it, use a quote. So this quote that I want to leave with everyone is be stubborn about your goals, but be flexible about your methods. So keep your eyes on the prize. And, you know, it's not always going to be A to Z. It might be A to B. A to C, back to Z, back to A. So be flexible about your methods to getting your goals, but make sure you keep your eyes on the prize as far as your goal is concerned. So, Okay. Well, the dopest Dean, thank you for joining me today on the Wednesday Experience Podcast. Um, I, I've gotten a chance to, and I don't think we've ever met in person, right? But I, I said, I feel like I've known her all my life. Okay? Right. Um, <laughs> and, and so one, okay, one day, I'm going. I didn't ask about health, but I'm. I'm gonna. I, I've applied to health. I, I'm gonna actually go one time 
and make this happen, right? So Right, most definitely. You let I, me know, and then I'm going to see what I can work out on my end. I got a chance to work with uh, Dr. Felton um, at, at Livingstone, my very first job. Oh, wow. And so uh, to, to watch what he's built, uh, him and the other co-founders, it's just been remarkable to watch, you know, yes. these spaces and the folks that work at these spaces. I, I call HBC workers, I call them caretakers. We yes. are caretakers of a legacy. Yes. Okay? And I always ask people, you know, how do you plan to build upon or to hold up that legacy? Okay. The legacy that you're upholding should be a passion. And right. if it's not, you need to find, you can go, go work at Wendy's or McDonald's. But this here, this is a passion project and you have to be dedicated and committed to the mission. Most definitely, which is one of the reasons why I applied to health, even though I had not attended an HBCU and I had just started at my first HBCU at North Carolina Central. I was only there maybe a month or so when I applied to health and was accepted. And I'm just, like you said, I'm passionate about the mission of HBCUs. I'm passionate about the people that we serve. I'm passionate about the dreams that we're helping to fulfill um, those young people that are going to graduate from our institutions. Like it's, it's just all love. And Dr. Felton um, actually started off in my program and some of the other co-founders, they, they met at Jackson State, which is again, another reason why I'm familiar with um, the EPHD program and why I decided to apply so, yes, okay. yes, yes. You know, I, I tell people, I was in grad school. I was the only black person in my cohort, okay? And, you know, they of course, when it was a black question or a culture question, they, they looked to me. And I said, y'all can do your own research, right? Right. And one day, you know, we, we had to meet like once a, once a semester in person, but it was an online program. So we all had to go to, we all had to, go to Chicago and we met, you know, once a semester, and so we were sitting there and, you know, hey, you know, where'd you go to school? All, you know, the basic greetings or whatever. And we're talking about HBCUs. Now, I, I'm just quiet. I want to hear what y'all have to say. And one of my cohort members, she's like, you know, I don't know why anybody would choose um, those lesser schools. They're always broken, always stealing money. Who mm. would go to an HBCU? Can I tell you how? I, I Listen, if I have never felt rage blow through my body, my one of my cohorts I'm, I'm really close to. She said, Kevin, I looked at you and it was like, I, she said, I could see the fire in your eyes. Mm, mm, mm. And, you know, I, I have to watch what I say because, you know, I, I am very, if I didn't learn, if I didn't learn nothing else in the HBCU, those clapbacks, uh, my, mine are top tier, okay? And it comes very <laughs> And so, I, you know, then she got to crying. And I'm like, no, save them tears. Save the tears. You went crown. You made the statement. Right. And so I remember our professor coming. He's like, you know, you really hurt her feelings and she was so upset. I said, so I don't care. I don't care to, to, to the least because uh, she didn't care about my feelings. Okay. So watch, watch what you say before you right. get your feelings hurt. And he's like, you know, if you ever, if you want to apologize, I said, I absolutely will not. I said, I'm proud of my HBCU education. Okay. It prepared me. It prepared me for the rest of my life. Okay. Right. To on a global, on a global stage. I, I can mix them in with the best of them. Okay. Most I can shine in, I can shine the brightest in classrooms across the world. And, and people, you know, like I said, if you didn't go, you don't understand. If you didn't work in one, you don't understand. Right. You know, but yeah, she, she definitely got a piece of my <laughs> I would have asked the professor, well, is she going to apologize to my ancestors in this illustrious history of over 100 plus years of scholars? 
Absolutely oh, I didn't not. think so. Absolutely <laughs> not. You know, well, she was really upset the way you talked to her, and she should be. And I was being kind. I was being very kind. Okay, I I watched my language. Okay, so I, I that was very kind of Kevin because I could have for <laughs> a new one. Be quite honest, but at any rate, Tiffany, thank you. I'm not gonna hold you. Even I know you got several responsibilities, but thank you for joining me tonight. I wish you all the best in your thank program you so as you good. finish up. Um, sending positive vibes and prayers and a whole lot of strength as you finish up, so then you can celebrate with a whole bunch of joy yes. and all that good stuff. Um, thank you for the work that you do. Um, at St. Aug and across the spectrum of higher education. Uh, people appreciate you. And I, I just want to say I appreciate you um, for serving and doing it authentically, right? Thank you so, so thank much. You and so as we end tonight, don't forget to govern yourselves accordingly. Drink lots of water. Mind your business. Pay attention. Stay in your own lane. Be grateful for absolutely everything. Don't forget to smile. And whatever you do, please don't forget to put on lotion because you cannot Touch your neighbor and say, cannot be ashy and be successful. With that being said, I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.